0: What's going on, Canes fans? We are back for another exciting episode of All Canes Radio Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brian Monroe. I'm in the building with the boys. Harry's on my right. He's looking young, but I just found out his real age. So now I'm like, I, I got to find out the secret. Harry, what's going on?
1: It's the Greek blood in me. Is
0: the Greek blood? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Platon, I got I, I got like, two Greeks here, but know, Platon it. looks a lot older than what he really is. So Ooh. I don't know if it's the Greek well, blood. Being a
1: lawyer and a an, uh, teacher and a parent of two young boys uh, I can see how he's aging I mean a you you got kids too and
0: yeah, you got grandkids I, well the
1: grandkids are making me young it's kind of like a re- 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 rejuvenation type of thing ah, you know okay. they 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 give me back some Purpose type of thing. Okay, you know? Platten, I was just giving you a hard time. Yeah, had to be you, like you, in the retirement village a minute ago, you know
2: what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He,
0: you were. I mean, you're a little y- decrepit, y- you know. Y- you're the first
2: person that's ever said that I look over the age of like 20. So, so uh, I, I, I I take it as a compliment.
0: I, listen, your mom and wife don't count. Come on, <laughs> get out of here with that. <laughs> yeah, you, you hear that voice? That's Platton from Procains. <laughs> if,
1: if he shaves and stuff, he does look a lot younger than I mean, he really is. He looks really is,
0: young. You know? He looks younger than me. <laughs> I mean, I, I I swear, I bet he gets carded sometimes. I uh, bet he gets still carted. do. Thank you very much. Still
1: do. I got carded the other day at Winﬁxty no buying you wine. Didn't? <laughs> yes. They of course they card everybody. Listen,
0: you, you got carded to see if you you were able to get the uh, what is it the the, the b- buffet for the discount. senior citizen <laughs> yeah. at four o'clock in the afternoon, five o'clock. Excuse me, sir. Are you sure you're not old enough for this? <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of waiting at that time. It's not oh, a hey, bad hey, deal. Hey, listen, I got you. I got you. <laughs> you hear that chuckling in the background? That's my boy. Damian Lewis, defensive tackle, played at Miami 97 to 2000. d what's going on, brother?
3: Tell me what's good, brother. I'm just happy to be here with you guys talking about some canes. You know what I'm saying?
0: I mean, listen, you're getting me excited right now. I'm ready to <laughs> run through a wall for you right now. <laughs> everything good with you?
3: Man, everything is great, man. Can't complain. On a little break right here for my day job. Uh, getting to enjoy some family time before we get back at it, cracking those
0: pads again. So you back in Charlotte?
3: Yeah, I'm back in Charlotte chilling, man.
0: You throwing down, so you making some hooch, you making some of that moonshine back of there, you know what I'm saying? I got a personal stash,
3: you know what I'm saying? But the main thing, I'm getting out here on this Texas elbow, doing a little barbecuing, you know, putting them ribs down. You don't eat pork anymore. Little like, ribs
0: know. down, boy.
3: You know what I'm saying? It Texas way. barbecue. A he mixes Texas barbecue
1: here. with a little North Carolina barbecue, man. Now you're talking... <laughs> Big time.
3: Okay, dealer, okay I'm from Texas, well, Which was better? North Carolina, but they can keep the barbecue, man. I do
1: it myself. Uh, uh, you
0: know, uh, 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 that was gonna be our question. So you're saying Texas barbecue is the best barbecue out there? On the planet. On the planet. Even and, Kansas City, everything. And On the planet. I i I'll am, all earth, the earth. I'll admit I haven't really had Texas barbecue, so I really can't say mm. yes or no because I've only really went to Texas twice and both of them I was playing, so it's not like we actually got to Explore in Texas, so I guess I have to go out there and and be my own judge. But looking at D. Lou, I know he doesn't miss a you know miss a meal, so I can trust his word on that.
3: <laughs> oh, you can absolutely believe that. <laughs> and,
0: and I'll say this: when uh, I was visiting John Beeson in Charlotte, and you guys were still uh, still playing with the Carolina Panthers, we used to go to D. Lou's house because that's where all the boys went—the man cave, playing pool and everything. And D. Lou would just have food everywhere in the barbecue, you know, ribs, hamburgers, everything. I was like. This ain't bad right here. This is not bad. I could get used to this. I don't man, know. You got a bunch
3: of 20 something year olds in the house, man. They eat up everything. You know how it is when you're young 20. You can eat everything and it doesn't stick to your ribs. You know, you get 40, that changes a little bit.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not there yet, so I guess I'll take your guys' advice. <laughs> right, right, right. I now. know
3: this. I bet you eat a lot less than you did when you were 25. Uh, yeah, yeah, no.
0: It's only because you know I'm still trying to keep a figure because I'm trying to keep up with these 25 year olds, you know. So I got to do something, you know. If I eat more, hey,
3: man, let me tell you a little secret about 25 year okay, old. Okay, man, you here 30 we go. plus, so your game already up. They trying to catch up with you, player.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know I live in Miami, so it's a little. It's the game's a little different down here, just a little. You know how it is. I don't
3: think so, bro. A little bit, hey, man, a little you, bit. You, B, I've seen you out. You've never had an
0: issue. You know what I'm saying? And well, just because you're I appreciate that, you
3: know you ain't going to have an issue now. You know what I'm saying? Them young bucks ain't got nothing on us player. All right, listen told, you now. We need to
0: bring Dilo on more, man. I feel <laughs> I feel good over here. I'm breaking my D-Lu seat and everything.
1: always good to have on,
0: man. lo <laughs> man. So what, what you got going on? What you doing in your life nowadays? Catch your uh, Canes fans up.
3: Man, I'm doing three things and it's called coaching, coaching and coaching, you know. <laughs> So we're getting at it. Uh, I'm coaching with the Seattle Seahawks. I'm on as assistant defense, a defensive assistant with the D-line, working with my boy Clint Hurt, who's also a hurricane. Uh, we got Alonzo Highsmith out there working in the uh, in the uh, scouting department. So we got another cane there. So, you know, we just all over, man. We coast to coast trying to do this thing, you know.
0: But, it, but the Kane's taking over And he's got all some cane players out there, too. Got a couple.
3: Got a couple. Yeah, we got Travis home out there. We got to get him healthy and get him rolling. And uh, we got DJ out there, DJ Dallas, you know, who just so, got uh, married a couple him? weeks
1: ago. I got to watch it on the the Zoom. Yes he did. Zoom wedding.
2: <laughs> Man, I don't know about that marriage. At a Zoom, but...
3: Zoom, Zoom.
2: Yeah. It was, it was interesting. <laughs> well, DJ, we had actually on a couple weeks back, uh Damien, and he mentioned uh you and and the relationship you guys have despite being from different generations and having someone like you, a fellow Hurricane, to talk to, to lean on uh, whenever he needs that help?
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's all love with us, you know. Oh doesn't matter what generation you're in. One thing I think that uh, we've done well as a university is uh, shown love to that younger generation. You know, it was the same was done with me, with Cortez and those guys. And, you know, you got to pay that thing forward. And to be in the building with the guy every day, I make sure that I put him to the side at least once a week and have like a little two or three minute chat with him, even if it's in just joking around or if it's something a little bit uh, heavier, keep that door open to uh, build a relationship with those younger guys.
0: I think we're breaking up a little bit, but we're we gonna we're gonna keep it going. Get a little technical difficulties, but we'll keep it going. See if it works a little bit better. Um, no, take it back to the high school days. Okay, oh,
3: y'all, did, did y'all lose me there, man?
0: Now nah, you're good. Now you're good. Now I think it's just you know this phone was a little intimidated by you as you're screaming at it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> take it. No, take- I was just saying that, uh, you know, we, uh, I do a good job. I try to make sure I do a good job in uh, reaching out and speaking with DJ at least, you know, once or twice a week and just uh, making sure that that relationship is staying fresh and that, uh you know, he knows he has me, Coach Hurt, you know, if he needs somebody that he needs to lean on or talk to and I make sure that I stay on top of him about, the goings of the season and how this thing progresses because when you're a young player it's a lot of unknowns you know your body goes through things it's different uh, ordeals that you deal with playing and I just try to keep him the speed on that stuff
0: now you, you learned that brotherhood while you were at the U but you know coming out of high school coming out of Texas you know Miami correct me if I'm wrong was already in the sanctions or was about to get sanctioned before you came to the U Is that true? I mean, I don't remember. We were already in
3: it.
1: it. it. When I
0: came in, the fire was already thick. Okay, so now, looking at that, you're a freshman. You're from Texas. You see the schools going on sanctions. You know, why do you decide to say, hey, I'm gonna go all the way out to the University of Miami with Butch Davis?
3: Well, when I came in, everything had pretty much been laid out. Um, They had missed the bowl game the year before I got here. So it was an opportunity to come and rebuild the greatness that this university already was known for. And uh, growing up a diehard Cane fan, um, I remember when they beat Texas in the Cotton Bowl. That's like one of the greatest days of my young life in sports. And, you know, I just bled orange and green. I've been a Hurricane fan since I've been old enough to know what football really was. And having that opportunity to go to a school that, honestly, I got my second letter from the University of Miami my sophomore year in high school. My first one was from Texas A&M. My second was from the University of Miami, which was already my dream school. So it was a, it was a no-brainer. I, bu- I came to the Hurricanes because I'm a Hurricane. I was already a doubt-hard fan. I was already a Kane. I already, imp, you know, kind of mocked what I saw on, on the field from those games, from those guys in high school. So I was already a cane before I even got here, the way I felt. So it didn't matter that I was coming to my school and they were on probation and all that fun stuff. So it's just like, okay, we're going to get through this. We're going to do what we got to do, and we're going to get back
2: to winning the national championships because that's what we do. D. You, you came in when the locker room uh, was a bit, a little bit of a mess uh, as far as personalities, as far as work ethic, as far as just the culture in general, and and your class set the... The standards set a new standard or reset the old standard. How did that happen? I know you were one of the leaders, even as a freshman. Talk about that.
3: I think, yeah, we had the right mindset with the guys that were coming in that were young, but that was led by our coaching staff, too. I mean, we had Greg Mark, who was a great we had butch davis who had been here and done it before you know we had chuck pagano before he was chuck pagano you know we had guys in uh we had you know curtis johnson like we had real dudes that were you know in the locker rooms with us with don soliger and all those guys and they knew how this thing was supposed to be done and they spared no expense in schooling us on how things were supposed to be done and i think Uh, the hunger that we had to get the program back on track, we listened to and ate up every word that they said. And then when you throw the Benny Blades and, you know, the Cortez Kennedys and, you know, the Russell Maryland's and those guys, when you throw those conversations we had with those guys in on top of that, it just seemed like it made sense to do things the right way to get the program back on track.
2: I mean, tell the fans, you guys, your class, your nickname was the two G's. Uh, not that's a lot of, not a lot of people know that. And then the class after that, we're at the, the class after that were the deuce ones, you guys were the two G's who, who came up with that name and what did that mean? Well, how did that bond you guys?
3: Well, two G was really just the class of 2000. So when you say 2000 in the hood, you can call it two gr- two grand. So that's where two G's came from. So we we're the two grand class two G and that just kind of moved morphed into, you know, we were Butch's first, truly recruited 12, and, uh, you know, we just bonded to that. You know, it was 12 of us. We called ourselves two Gs, and, you know, we stuck together thick as thieves, and our whole mission in life was to be the best that we could absolutely be for our football team. I think the the good mindset that we had coming into this is that the University of Miami was was more important than our own personal things. We felt like if we put the school first and put the glory of the football program first before our own selfish needs of going to the NFL and all that stuff, then everything will kind of take care of itself. And um, we were truly dedicated to doing whatever we had to do to get the program back on track. And I think when uh, two, one came in and when Deuce Deuce came in, when those classes came in behind us, I think we did an excellent job of exemplifying that attitude every single day in the locker room.
2: You know, you, you came in during some difficult times, that 97 season, 5 and 6. Then things start turning around in, in, uh, in 98. You go up to Syracuse. You get completely blown out. Um, and, and, and people think that, you know, wh- what are you looking at me, Brian? No, I'm just bringing up bad memories like uh, shit. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> but it's a bad memory for a good memory. I mean, things were things were pretty bad after that week. Um, And then UCLA comes. But a lot of guys I've talked to in the past, they said that UCLA game week, game preparation was different. Coach Davis was different. The team was different. And that was part of the reason you were able to be as successful as you were against UCLA. What do you remember from, from those couple of weeks?
3: I remember getting ready for the Syracuse game. A lot of us guys felt like we were letting this game become bigger than what it really was. I mean, yeah, it was a game we were playing for the uh, Big East title. But at the end of the day, you know, it was still another football game. And the preparation that we did week in, week out should be able to match, you know, whatever opponent we had just because of the work ethic we put out on the field. And for some reason, that week just felt different and the way we game plan, the way we practice, the way we paid attention to detail. Everything just seemed different. And, you know, that is a classic example of an extremely young football team coming out and playing a team that is uh much more uh much more ready and much more you know a senior based football team and them flat out just spanking our spanking our behinds. I mean they beat the brakes off of us. And that's really all it is to be said about it. You know, we were not ready to play that football team when we lined up against them. And um it showed. It absolutely showed in every sense of the word. Um, you know, that was a team that was led by great leadership, great senior leadership, and we were a young football team. And we went out and we played like a young football team, and they went out and played like a veteran football team, and they beat the great off of us. So the lesson for us was like, hey, no game can be bigger than the next. And uh, we really had to hone in on how we played each and every week and how we prepped each and every week. And I think everything was just kind of off this Syracuse week, and it showed, and it showed in a big way. so 6313. You know they beat the brakes off of us; they really did, and that that really left a bad taste in our mouth. So UCLA rolls in the town; they're number two in the country. We were supposed to play them earlier in the year, but we had a hurricane scare, you know, and uh, didn't end up playing them, and they ended up getting the game postponed. So here it is; it's coming in the week after Thanksgiving. They roll in the town; they're undefeated, and you know they got Cade McCown and um, these big receivers and running back. They had uh, Foster, who I ended up playing with it, with Carolina. Later on down the road, like, they had a stacked football team. And uh, we flat out went out there and put hands on them. We beat them. We battled it out. You know, it was a great offensive game. EJ had an outstanding performance that week. And uh, defense, we did enough to hold on for the victory, you know, because they were a very good, very powerful, very polished offense. As a matter of fact, they're better than the offense we played the week before. But, um, you know, just not allowing what happened to Syracuse to happen again and stepping up and actually playing to our potential, it turned out to be a good week for us.
1: Sometimes it takes a loss to learn how to win or or decide you want to win more and work harder. And it seems like, you know, that was like kind of a turning point is that the program grew off of that. But we talk about now, you know, these players are so used to having a loss, more than one loss a season, that they don't seem to be as upset by it. But back in those days, you guys were pretty ornery after a loss and usually took it out pretty hard on the next opponent.
3: Oh, man, we were flipping pissed, man. Just think about it. You go out, you know, after losing a game like that, you roll out into the city, and it's like, dude, what are you guys doing out? You just got embarrassed. Like, are you really out tonight? Like, are you really out hanging out on the beach and y'all just got beat 6 13 You know, you guys are still chasing, nab around the field. Y'all ain't caught it yet. You know, we got checked in the city for doing stuff like that. You know, it, it ain't cool. You get your ass whooped. It ain't cool to be hanging out. Like, get your ass in the house. Go get in the ice tub because the way you just got your ass whooped, you look like you need to be in the ice (laughs) tub. Go rehab, you know, and get ready to go play next week. Like, man, people out here bet money on this. Y'all out in the streets like ain't nothing wrong. Like, guys just lost thousands of dollars on this football game, and y'all out here like ain't nothing wrong. Man, you better get your ass to the house. That's how we came up. So, you know, the city kept us in check just as much as we kept ourselves in check. And then the phone calls, you know, the messages from Cortez Kennedy, The messages from Russell Maryland, the messages from Warren South, the messages from those guys were not pretty. You know, they were very colorful. So, you know, you got to check yourself and really get, you know, get yourself in hand and like, dude, what the hell are we doing out in the streets right now? We just got beat like that. Like, this means more to us than this, you know, another game. This ain't another game. We just lost an opportunity to win the Big East. We just lost an opportunity to finish the season rank. And now, you know, we coming in and number two is coming in town. We got to act like we're going to get ready to play number two, but we can't treat number two like we just treated Syracuse and was white like number five at the time, you know? So it was like, grow the hell up and get out of here and take this thing serious because it is. This is not. It's not a game. This is reputation. This is our school. This is pride. This is what we wear. This is who we are. You know, if we want to go out here and look like trash every week, then we at the wrong school, you know? So we really took that personal, man. And it's just like, dude, winning is not acceptable. It's not. And it's definitely not acceptable getting your ass whooped 63-13 by freaking Syracuse. Man, who the hell is Syracuse? <laughs> to this day, who the hell is Syracuse? <laughs> and you losing to him 6313, like for real? Like that is unacceptable. You know? So that was kind of our attitude toward that whole deal. It's like, dude, we losing games, we have no business moves, and, and we performing like trash. And here we are out in the city, trying to hang out, think we're finna get in somewhere for free. Man, you tripping. So,
0: Dilo, I don't know how you so, a coach, so, bro. Don't go to college, man. I feel like the yeah. so, kid ain't going to make it out. <laughs> what did
1: you guys do to the people that weren't buying into that? How did you make well, them no, decide was, uh, to go the right way? We got a
3: little self you know. We're not going to go into the whole thing that happened, but if you weren't buying into what we were selling and what we were trying to do, it was very evident, and we let you know you weren't buying in, and we let you know what you were about is not what we are about. And it was probably a good idea for you to transfer and go somewhere else. How,
0: how'd, you let, mean, how'd you let them know? We made it
3: very uncomfortable for you to be in our locker room. Huh? Uh,
0: how'd you let them know? What you say, B? How'd you let them know? This ain't the radio, man. Go we ahead. Ex- express yourself, Words man. Go ahead. of
3: affirmation.
0: <laughs>
3: we, we let them know by words of affirmation. And, you know. Some, and, some uh, hugging you know, once
0: in a while,
1: all, a little hug here and there. It was,
3: it, was some, it was some physical altercations in there that had to be broke up and stuff for guys who weren't buying in, but... You know, for the most part, it was more about this is who we are, this is how we doing things, and if you're not with it, you need to get lost because this is not for you. Um, it was really – guys were really serious about that. You know, myself, um, Nate Webster's and uh, Al Blades and, you know, the list goes on, Reggie Wayne's. Like, guys were serious about buy in. You know, you either bought into the way we work, you bought into the way we work out, You bought into the way we go on a practice field or you need to go somewhere else. You know, you didn't have to be the best, you know, because everybody understood, you know, some guys are just better than others. But when you out on the field, it required your best for us to be our best. So if your best wasn't the greatest thing, then it wasn't the greatest thing. But if your best was you not going out and making mistakes and making the plays you're supposed to make, then damn it, get out here and do your best to make the plays you're supposed to make. Don't be out busting defenses. Don't be out busting offenses. Don't be out, you know, blowing blocking assignments and things like that. And you got held accountable for stuff like that. And if you didn't make your times in your workouts, if you wasn't growing, you know, getting better PRs and getting better, uh, you know, setting different benchmarks for yourself in the weight room, you got called out for that. If you weren't running and making your 110s, if you wasn't conditioning on the same level everybody else was, you got called out for that because you had to find your role. And if you're not giving everything you had, and every opportunity you had to go out and compete, then how we know you? How, how do you know what role you're going to fill for the football team?
0: know, you mentioned a name there that I wanted to ask you about—that uh, Nate Webster name. You know, talking about keeping people in check. and I'm, I'm after you. I was probably five years after you, but I heard that name quite a few times when it came to some stories. So, uh, <laughs> what, what, what you got from your Nate Webster?
3: Nate was like a little pit bull. You know, um, when guys got out of line, way out of line. It was just absolutely being disrespectful to you know the rules that we had laid out in the locker room. You know you got a visit from Nate or got a visit from Al or myself or a couple other guys. You know it's like, dude, you know you don't want to do things right. We you've been warned. So you know that's getting the ring. Two man in a one man league. In and, in, you know, stay, in the what, in uh, what what the ring. What
0: what what ring is this?
3: What ring is this? That's in you in the middle of the locker room. Only you. Okay. The only time you touch the you is when two men were entering. And one man was leaving. No punching. It was all wrestling. But, you know, you got yoked up. You got slammed around a little bit. You know, it's no punches thrown. You know, it's just all men locking up. And let's wrestle this thing out. Two men in a one man lead.
0: Anybody go to sleep? Yeah, there's a couple
3: of naps taken. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's a couple
3: of naps taken, yeah. Ain't no doubt.
0: <laughs> I heard Nate was good for uh, putting some people to sleep.
2: Oh,
3: yeah. Oh, man. My man, he did his thing. He did what was required to get guys' attention. We'll just leave it at that.
0: <laughs> That's what's up. Sometimes I, you need to get their attention, right? Hey, listen. I,
3: I, yeah, and, and, and ain't no better attention than attention from your peers. It's one thing for a coach to say something, but when you got players in the locker rooms like, bro, get it right or else, and they like, what's else? Okay, we finna show you else right now, and else is not what they thought else was. They tend to get their ass in line after that.
1: Well, there's too much effort by so many guys to have other guys drag you down or decide not to do it. And, you know, it takes exactly. a, a mindset and a winning attitude. Even if you're not winning on the field, you got to learn how to win, and then you got to keep doing it. But it's not just as easy as our fans make it out to be, oh, we're going to go out and we're Miami Hurricanes, we're going to win. We've got to work hard to be hard and play every
3: game as hard as we were because otherwise you're not going to beat everybody. Right. when, Especially when you're playing in your conference and you're playing like teams out of the SEC and uh, playing teams out of the Big 12 that, you know, are in the upper echelon of those uh, conferences, it's supposed to be hard. You know, winning is not easy. And the difference is inches. The difference is execution. The difference is, you know, doing it right longer than the next guy. And if you're not programming yourself and pushing yourself from January all the way through September, October, into that game to get to that point, then you're going to let yourself down you're going to let your team down. You know, being great and executing and doing things right just doesn't happen on Saturday. It starts, you know, way back in January when you're out there running and lifting and then getting into the hot summers where you're out running 110s and, you know, 90-degree weather and, you know, it's 85% humidity and ain't a cloud in the sky. And, ain't, you know, the cameras are not on. Ain't nobody cheering and talking about that. That's when you get to the point where you're executing when it's four minutes left in the fourth quarter and you're dog-ass tired because you did all of that. And since you've done all of that and you put everything you had into all of that, you'd be damned if you're going to let your teammates down. You know, winning is every day. Winning is a habit. Winning is creating great habits. Winning is doing things right all the time, you know, because when you need it most, that's when it's going to show itself. If you've done things right all the time, when the game is on the line and the pressure's at its highs, it's just going to be like another day you'll walk right through it and do it just the way you're supposed to. But if you're not, if you're half-assed and if you're cutting corners – it catches up with you. It catches up with you every single time.
0: Now, speaking of winning, let's go back to that 1999 season and that and that 2000 Sugar Bowl. We talking about whooping ass and, and winning. You know, it, it sounds like those two go so well with that Sugar Bowl. I I personally think that you guys got uh you know robbed. Should have been a national championship that year, but instead you you got to play the team from up north, and you know you whoop they ass off the field and you whoop their ass on the field. Kind of, kind of go through, you know, leading up to that game. You know what happened pregame and and leading up to it.
3: We're just focused, you know. You just uh, we're out, you know, and you, you hit the streets with your boys, you know, for a night in New Orleans, and you know how things can go in New Orleans, you know. <laughs> but everybody's just focused and focus on the on the task at hand. And just so happened, you know, the focus was to whoop Florida's ass. But just so happened, just things just kind of got out of control and their team versus our team not only ended up in the sugar bowl, but also ended up on bourbon street. And, you know, so one and O we left bourbon street one and O and then we showed up in sugar bowl and left the sugar bowl two and O. So we whooped ass twice, <laughs> you know, as simple as that, you know, guys got in and got it in.
2: Well, how did the coaches react to that fight, Damien? Like it was, was this something, Oh my God, my ears are still ringing
3: from books. Cause he was not happy. <laughs> he was not happy. <laughs> Shocked. And, you know, and there, at that time, I was a senior. You know, Al was a senior. Um, you know, we had quite a few seniors on the team, and he let our ass really have it. You can, know, how in the hell could you let me know? So we got it pretty good. Can you imagine if their, their social good, media so. was
1: around at yeah. that point and everyone yeah. had their phones out video and that stuff, how that would have been covered? Everybody would not oh the game. Oh, my God.
3: Hey, I'm telling you, thank God. There's a lot of things that would have happened that would not have went the way you wanted to if we had had social media back in the late nineties, early two thousand. Mm. You know, nowadays you can't do anything. But back then, you know, if ESPN got the story, it was only the way it was. It was only the way that they could possibly narrate it through the eyes of others. It was not going to be a video where they could sit there and actually watch what happened and how it happened. Right. You know, by the time they got to the story, it was second and third hand. So you know, a lot of things have changed in the narration of the story by the time they got it on air. So. <laughs>
2: But do, you left in 2000, Damian. You obviously, you and your class, the two Gs, laid the foundation. You didn't get the opportunity to 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 play the following year in know We got robbed,
3: man. We got robbed for an opportunity to play in the national championship. Let's call it what it is. We were the best team in the country in 2000.
2: Does it hurt? Does it still hurt? Yeah, it pisses us off because
3: we deserve the right to play Oklahoma in the national championship. And if y'all know like I know, we are going to whoop Oklahoma ass. I'm yeah, telling the, you right now. You got after beat we by computer that, that year. When we, were, when we left Seattle, flying back to Miami, at that point when we came out to practice, because we practiced the next day. Bush Davis gave us one of them old school, hard-nosed, you just, I can't believe you just lost this game to this team type practices. And at that point, we were by far the best team in the country from that day forward. What, what was that? And think of this, when we played god-awful in the second half of Florida State, which was probably the worst we played all year, the second half of Florida State, and we still won that football game.
2: What about that Florida State game? I mean, obviously the drive, all that, but from a defensive standpoint, what were you guys going up against with that Chris Winkie um, offense? And, and you know, we we hadn't beaten them in five straight years, including a 47 nothing drubbing. Ouch.
3: We straight, we kicked their ass in the first half. We absolutely dominated that offense in the first half. Chris made a couple of plays. We got a couple of pl- penalties in the second half, and they got some momentum going, and they ended up turning that momentum into points. And it took us about midway through the fourth quarter to kind of come out of that funk and get back to playing our style of defense, and we kind of got things under control. Offense goes down and makes a huge touchdown to, re- to take the lead and hold on to the lead. And then, uh, you know, obviously they're coming down the drive and they need a field goal to top. And uh, we did what we needed to do to hold them and keep them in field goal range. And they do what they do and what they always do. You know, whenever they got an opportunity to knock a field goal down, you know, either before or after uh, Janikowski, it never happens. They had one time in their whole years with you with uh, Florida State where they were actually great in their kicking game, and that's when they had Janikowski. Outside of that, you know they're going to go wide, right, or wide left every time.
0: He was a beast. I got to give him his props. <laughs> Yo, he uh, hey, forever. bro, he was top a beast. Four, the
3: best kick I've ever seen in my life.
0: I mean, first Not round far. pick. That tells you everything you need to know, right? And and he had a, what, no at least 10 that. years in the, in no, the more league? More than that. 10, 15, no, like, or 16. He 15 years, yeah, he, he made some money and he probably put it all in pills too, but you know.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, he parted like a rock star he, now. He <laughs> did, all the way from high school, Florida State, and Oakland. Uh, I heard. I oh, yeah, he got it in, brother. I heard those stories a lot. <laughs> But hey, I'm not. Hey, I'm not knocking him. He did You're not his judging, thing. Right? He did his thing. I'm not judging. It's not my thing. But you know,
3: <laughs> I noticed when it, it when it was Sunday and it was 3:45 and they needed three to win, he was gonna knock it in. Yeah. All you have to do was as soon as you cross the fifty, he was in field goal range.
0: Yeah.
2: And that was back then where people weren't making sixty yard field goals like like uh, you know like they are now. He was
0: making it look like chip shots. Yeah. I mean, I remember when he did the kickoffs like five His yards. Kickoffs would yeah. be like, boop, through the end zone. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. What is think that? I to live up guys, to that?
3: that. Florida State had four years where they did not have a kickoff return against them because it was in the back of the end zone. Four years, you had 11, you had 10 guys racing to the goal line because they knew damn well the ball wasn't going to be returned.
0: <laughs> Facts. Four years of that. That must be nice. I messed up. But let's get back to d Lou. <laughs> you know, listen, listening to your stories, you know, you embody what it means to be a cane. You know, you you bleed orange and green, you know, just listening to you. What does the you mean to you?
3: Man, the you means everything. That was my lifeline out of um, a small town in Texas. That was, um, that's where I learned how to feed my family. That is, uh, you know, the school that I've always loved and always wanted to go to, you know, be a part of. That is, UM to me is like ball, man, it's life. You know, I bleed orange and green. I truly do. You know, and um, I'm proud of my school. I love my school in every sense of the word. But more importantly, I love the brotherhood that we have throughout our school. You know, no matter how long it's been since i seen you or i seen Beast or i seen Reggie or Santana, if you put all of us together in with uh, Alonzo Highsmith or some of the old school cats, we gonna vibe like we all went to school together, you know. And I don't think there's anywhere else in the country where you have a brotherhood like that, you know. And we all show up, we all support one another in each other's events, and we show love wherever we go towards one another. And even if we have, you know, little tilts between ourselves, because this family, you know, family got drama from time to time. That's our drama and our family and come hell to high water. If you ain't from our family or in our family, don't step up in this bro. Cause this ain't got nothing to do with you. So, you know, we take care of each other in a way that, you know, as if we're all blood brothers and I'm that right there. It means more to me than anything. You know, our school is our school and we do things the way we do things. And right now we're doing everything we can to reach out to the younger guys and make sure that they can kind of help, you know, find those ways back to how we do things. But, you know whether they do or they don't, they're still hurricanes. And we still love them all the same.
2: Damon, you had a a, a great NFL career, uh, ten years. Um, how did that brotherhood translate to to the NFL locker room? Like, you know, you hear stories of you had you obviously had on many different occasions hurricane teammates. You went against former team former hurricane teammates, and then you had those kids from or those uh, um, uh, teammates from other schools, that they're always a little jealous, aren't they? Aren't they a little jealous of that brotherhood? Don't don't they uh, wish they went to Miami? It. That's the first
3: thing you're going to hear out of their mouth when you walk into the walk into the locker room. We got another cane up in there. But in our case, nine times out of ten, there was another cane in the locker room, you know, and we already got right together, dapped up, and it's on. You know, I actually, just like we had young guys come in that were hurricanes, it was my responsibility to take them under my wing and show them away. Just like it was for the uh, older generation guys when I, you know, when I was coming to the league, you know, rolled into the room with those guys. It was their responsibility to lock me in and show me how this thing really works. So, you know, we take care of each other. Doesn't matter what locker room we're in, doesn't matter what crowd we're in, what city we're in, we do going to take care of one another.
1: Damien, when you said you grew up being a Kane fan, who was your favorite Kane growing up?
3: Oh, my God, man. Um... I grew up, the first cane I really loved was Jerome Brown. And I remember, you know, following him as he went to uh, Philadelphia and uh, played on the Eagles defense for those few years. And then obviously it went from there to Russell Maryland, because by then Jimmy was getting ready to, uh, Jimmy is heading to Dallas, and I remember him drafting Russell Maryland, and then Cortez Kennedy. I always attracted to the defensive line for whatever reason. Uh, Coach Mark and those guys, uh, guys from Mighty Bethel and Man, Rusty Medeiros and uh, crying. I mean, I, I can go down the list. I love that hurricane defensive line. You know, Jimmy uh, – was Jimmy Jones? And, um, geez, man, you name it, bro. Um, I was a diehard, diehard hurricane defensive line fan by far. I love the wideouts. I love the big plays and the big throws by the quarterbacks. But what, nothing like watching those guys get after the quarterback and sack them. It was unbelievable.
0: Oh, you a big boy, man. You got to give the big boy some love, man. Big sexies all go around. What would you say big sexies? Big sexies, man. That's what they used to call themselves when, we were, when I was at the U. The D-line or the O-line you talking the, about? The D-line, some of them. The O-line like to steal it, though. We
3: call out. We a pit bulls, man. We ain't nothing about no sexy, man. We <laughs> See, that, bored, that's the, the difference. In, that's oh, the difference man. in the times we're right there. You got to lock up on something, you
0: know? Yeah, but you got to remember, listen. Ready for this? OK, who's Big Daddy? I'm ready. Who's Big Daddy? Huh? Who's, who's Big Daddy's nickname? Who you talking about, Big Daddy Black? No, not Black, after Black. Who's Big Daddy after Black? Please let me know. Vince. You talking about Vince? Yeah. Now think about think about Vince in the locker room. I know Vince
3: ain't sitting. I ain't know he ain't sitting nowhere calling himself sexy. No, 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 no <laughs> but I'm saying you
0: got him overalls, come on. Him walking around, no shirt on with the little jeans on. He'd be like, yeah, you know That's I'm sexy. That's all confidence, you know, you know I'm sexy. That's confident. Of course. <laughs> AK that's he thinks country, he's that's sexy.
3: Boy confidence, like he ain't even from the country. He ain't country, but you from Palm you Beach, swear bro. That is from the country. Nah, get no, out of here. Don't be no don't beach. be
0: stealing none of that. Don't <laughs> be stealing Palm Beach for no country. But I'm
3: saying he walk around acting like he country. If, if you sit down and talk to Vince, you would have no idea he was from freaking South Florida. Nah. You think at he all. from Central Florida somewhere. <laughs> Anybody wear overall with no shirt on is country, man. <laughs> hey, look, That's he, country. He, he made
0: himself some good money in marketing now.
3: I'm trying to tell you. He sure did. He nailed that. <laughs> he sure <laughs> did. Yeah,
0: you know you from Texas.
3: Oh, I'm from Texas. You absolutely. And I don't hide it not one bit. I'm about as country as they call
0: <laughs> <laughs> You know what's so funny? So you mentioned the, the brotherhood and playing with Canes and bringing the young guys in. Uh, Canes fans got a, to say a big thank you to you, actually, because you're one of the best recruiters. When it comes to giving back to Miami, and I don't even think if you know, remember this story, but I was, I was mentioning to Beeson. I was like, oh, yeah, we got D. Lou coming on the podcast. And he told me, he goes, I ain't even going to lie. If it was for D. Lou, I probably wouldn't have thought about really giving any money back to the U. But when I got to Carolina, one of the first conversations, D. Lou said, goes, shoot, you might as well just go ahead and come out and give about 25K. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and give back to the school. You know what you love, you did what you did for you. And then he goes, Yeah. You're right. And he goes, you're the first person that actually made him think about donating to the U, and then he went back and gave 250000
3: That's my dog. He did it right. He did it right only because of you. I though. mean, that's called taking care of your school, man. Yeah. You know, Miami took care of us, and it's, it's on us. It's our responsibility to do the same. And um, EJ was the first one to kind of uh, trail, you know, blaze that trail. Because he got drafted. You know, he had a huge year, his rookie year. And one of the first things he did when he got back to South Florida is uh, stroke the check for the University of Miami. You know, so you know we all looked at that as like, if EJ doing it, we got to do it because you know he, he kind of setting the way for us. You know, he's the first one. He's the first one of the two Gs to get drafted. He's the first one of the two Gs to really kind of get in the league and do his thing. So he kind of set. He kind of set the trail for us. You know, so he's like, if EJ doing it, we know damn well we got to go do it. We got to do it. Got to do it right.
2: Damian, what do you see from from the current sort of team? You you have an interesting vantage point because I, I hate to bring this up, but that FIU game, uh, you you were on the other sideline, if I'm not mistaken, um, when Miami yeah, lost. Yeah, one of
3: the best worst days of my life. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when, when Miami lost that game, I, I mean, what, being put your hurricane hat on for a second, even though you were on the FSU si- FIU sideline, excuse me. What did you see? Like, what, what you know, like you said, it was one of the best and worst days ever. You'd never think Miami would lose to FI, FIU. Why did Miami lose to FIU?
3: Honestly, they quit. We outplayed them. You know, we outplayed them for four quarters. Uh, our kids played harder. They were more into it. They, you know, put their heart into it. And they just flat out outplayed them, you know. And that's just... I don't know if that's a testament or, you know, all the preparation we had going into that game with the bye week and how we made our guys approach it just like another week, how we made sure that their mental was right. They were focusing on what they needed to focus on. They went out, you know, clubbing and doing all that stuff. And they were taking this game, you know, deathly serious because it was serious to us. It was serious to our coaching staff. It's a lot of canes that were on that coaching staff at FIU. And, um, you know, there's a lot of passion behind, you know, our guys going out and performing well. And for me, it wasn't even necessarily about winning or losing. It was about our guys going out and putting on their best. Because up until that point, we hadn't played our best football. And, you know, we're looking and searching for reasons and uh, motivations to get our guys to get locked in and play a complete football game. And um, they went out. And, you know, our defensive line, I you know distinctly remember, our D-line got out from the, from the first series on. And they gave... You know, um, they gave the quarterback hell all night. You know, we did a great job of rushing the pass and getting after them. And, you know, they we just outplayed them. you know. And I hate him. I'm trying to, you know, trying to stay back into my cane colors. But yeah, on that night, we, FIU, flat out outplayed the University of Miami. Any way you look at it, you know. So, I don't know. You know, why did you
1: have to bring that even oh. up? There? I'm in down. Even, I he forgot had to be about Fired that. up, you know, and
3: no, you so got listen, me under down. D- 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 Damien's a yeah, D- I know, and I, I don't like this dark place we're going to. I'm trying to up talk my canes and you know, be high spirited. Now you got me bringing up way stuff. to go. Oh, 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 all right, so let's, I was let's, happy, so- <laughs> I was so happy that we won that game because for me, I'm a competitor, and any opportunity to get to compete, I'm going to compete my ass off. And for me to compete against my old college. And be one and, you know, and whoop their ass, like that was unbelievable. I'm not gonna lie to you. But then on the flip side of it, coming out of the uh coming out of the coaching box and heading down to the field, and just I was just sick to my stomach. I'm like, what in the hell are we doing? What are we doing that we have a mid-major school, a decent mid-major school at that, not a great mid-major, a decent mid-major school come here and whoop our school's ass like this. This is unheard of. To me, honestly, it's the worst loss in UM history. I by far. I, I don't know anything, anything that can match that. I don't give a damn how bad we done lost to anybody. To lose to FIU is just freaking unforgivable. That's like somebody slapping your mom in the face and then looking you in the eye and walking off. You just don't do stuff like that.
1: You know, as a fan, it was hard to walk down the street with a Miami shirt on because there were so many FIU people around. Uh, They came out and just were obnoxious about it. But as a player on Miami's team, I don't know how they came out of their room.
3: Rightfully so. They had every right to be obnoxious Absolutely. Rightfully so. Because it should not have happened. 100% agree.
0: Well, the worst part was that, if I remember correctly, our dudes were out. Like you mentioned earlier, nobody went after a loss, but our dudes were out in the club and stuff like that. Friday night. And posting – uh Friday night. And then posting pictures from the game like, yo, you know what I'm saying, we going to be back or we doing this thing. Like, what you mean we doing this thing? What are you posting?
2: Any pictures from that game, burn them. God. Okay. Okay, we, gotta, we got to
1: drive this no, somewhere um, else. All you know,
2: so. right, I'll take you out of I Damien, you were a first-round defensive line pick – Um, we had two first-round D-line picks in this year's draft. There's been a long time since we got a guy drafted in the first round from the D-line. I mean, I'm thinking, obviously, Vince, William Joseph, um, and I'm trying to think of who else since then. But what do you think about these two guys, Jalen Phillips and and Rousseau, uh, and, and how proud does it make you feel that, you know, we got a couple guys from the U again in the first round of the NFL draft?
3: Well, Phillips uh, definitely had probably by far the best workout you can have for a defensive lineman. He did an amazing job. And he played at a high level. And this is a kid who you look at who came from UCLA uh, from, as a transfer through a JUCO and we found his passion for the game. And when you watch him play, you can see it, you can feel it. He plays with such enthusiasm and such passion that is beyond anybody that was in his class this year. Like, he did a great job of playing football and leading his team and, you know, all those qualities you like to see in a young man, you know, that's getting drafted into the NFL. Uh, Russo is uh, on the other end of the spectrum for me because he's a guy he ended up sitting out. I know his mom uh, worked in the medical field and she didn't want him, you know, dealing with this COVID stuff like that. So he ended up not playing this season. But his size, his just sheer rawness as a player from watching his 2019 film. I mean, this kid hadn't played d long. You know, he's a, a receiver and freaking DB from college, you know, so he's had you know, maybe a thousand snaps with his hands in the dirt. So his ceiling is just unknown. You know, he's long, he's athletic, he's fast, he's a, you know, he does a good job of using his length even though he doesn't know what he's doing half the time. And he's in a great situation with Coach Washington up in uh, Buffalo. And that's a guy who's going to be able to develop him and turn him into something that's going to be amazing. I'm excited to see where he is year four, because to be quite honest with you, I don't know if your one and your two is going to be that exciting for him because of how much he has to grow as a player, to be a dominant player in the NFL. He has a ways to go, you know, just development-wise. But I think his future is extremely bright.
1: Well, don't, don't you think that just game experience is so much different than just practicing or working out, that learning how an offensive Man, is going to move Game experience is everything. Around? I yeah.
3: mean, all but all of it matters, Harry. I mean, every rep you get every single day is a rep you get better. And for him, he's just playing D-line, you know, and um, he hadn't played a lot of college ball. It's not like he's a Javon Curse who, you know, played safety and in, in high school and then linebacker in college and then moved down to the D-line when he got to the pros but already had a knack and a sense of how the game flows. Like, this is a – he's a young football player in every sense of the word. He's a young player. He played one year of college ball. If you really break it down, one season. Right. You know, so he's young. He's about as green as you can be. But the talent and the ceiling, you know, and with a coach like Coach Washington, man, he's going to be just fine. I think he's going to be a good player. It's just not going to be – I wouldn't say – if he plays at a Pro Bowl level this season, I would be shocked. But I would say year three, year four, look out. Because this dude's going to be somebody to be reckoned with by then. So then that's, a, that's a
1: great artist, comment right there. I was going to say, hey,
0: Canes fans, you heard that? Right. Patience. Patience. Give yeah, him some years, years before you say anything you're crazy. Two, th-
1: I don't have to be a, an all-star the first year, you know. Because physically, you know, you've got to be able to compete. Mentally, you've got to know. And then it's just learning the skills, of, like you said, every day, every rep. I mean, you the offensive every linemen, they man. got tricks every against you guys rep. and vice versa.
0: But I, but I expect Jalen Phillips now, on the other hand, on the flip side, to compete for the rookie defensive player of the year award.
3: I think he's going to tad up, bro. Okay. That man now, he gonna it it like he's going to tear. Seems like he's playing possessed almost. Uh, you know I
0: mean,
1: six five,
3: extremely long arms, already has a really good stiff arm or a long arm, as we like to call it, the staff with his inside hand and has a control with his outside hand to kind of place where the offense, uh, you know, to see what the offensive lineman's hands is. So if it's high, he's popping it up, slow, he's knocking it down. If he's sitting back on him, he's leaving it in there. So he already has a sense of who he is as a rusher. And now just working in a system and have good guys that can rush on, on the field with him, which he will have, man, it's going to be on for him. Yo, like this shit I oh, like this stuff up is europe Okay, listen, Dilo, don't worry about it. Man, it's a
0: podcast, baby. You can say shit. You can say ass. We good. Don't worry about it. Listen, you got to go back and listen to you got to go listen to Portis's uh, uh, interview, and in don't worry, you ain't said nothing bad at all for Joaquin. You know, I mean, he did on live radio. Oh my god,
2: yeah. We ran out of uh, 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 drop buttons. The dump button. The dump button. Oh, you guys no,
0: use that with Joaquin on live radio? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, now, my God.
3: That's Joaquin, w- show it out, huh? Yeah. Hey. We get
0: passionate when we talk about say, a say, abortion, there's some baby. passionate guys we've got to
1: interview. We're
3: really blessed to have guys like place. Damien and Joaquin
1: tell it like it really well, is. Well, that's the
0: reason I like the podcast, because you just go off. Listen, don't worry about it. We'll put the little disclosure when we post it and say, don't worry about it. There might be some language in this episode. You'll be fine. Or some sad stories. Oh yeah. Plattin. Come on, good guys. Nice. I'm
2: I'm keeping things real and we've got we've got someone who can give us some insight. No, I that mean, was good like, insight from the uh, opposite uh, side. Yeah. You know, from a traitor. hurricane on the opposite side. <laughs> well,
0: what mean. we didn't want to hear <laughs> about I didn't even watch the game, honestly. <laughs> but, I, I right, went on a Damien, date.
2: All right, Damon, you were part of some huge games, right? Florida State kicking the gator's ass. Um, UCLA. What What's your number one memory from your days of uh, of your uh, your hurricane? Now we're King. talking. Now we're what,
3: talking. Uh, and, oh my god! And maybe yeah, it's I not I'll be a game. honest with you guys. I mean, we had some crazy days out in the spring in spring ball practicing that were just amazing. Like watching Santana and Al Blaze kind of go at it, watching Phil Buchanan go at it with uh, Andre Johnson. I mean, we just is just a lot, a lot, but on the field, gosh, Somebody, it was um, the Ohio State game was probably one of my favorite games. Uh, we really came in, came into the '99 uh, season. You know, kind of everybody was, had a question mark on us because we did just win the UCLA game. We did go out and beat NC State in the bowl game. And it was just, okay, what are we going to get from these guys? And I think we set the season on fire early on, you know, playing against Ohio State. We came out, you know, J.J. had a great game running the football. We had a really good uh, performance on defense. Dan and Nate went absolutely crazy uh, making plays and tackles all over the field. You know, we did a great job up front. I think we had like five or six sacks in that game. So there's the first game of the season, and we we were right. when in the right mindset to go out and face that 99 season. And then we got into the Penn State game and you know we came right down to the end and it came down to a play, Penn State made the play, we didn't and ended up losing the game. We had all that blitz right there at the end and uh, uh, Chaffee Fields ended up getting by Mike Rump and uh, ended up scoring a touchdown to uh, take the lead and win the game. Um, And that kind of sent us in a place where we ended up losing a couple of games back to back there. Then we go to Florida State, And to be honest with you, in my mind, that's the first time we really should have beat them. We were good enough to beat Florida State in Florida State in 99. And we just didn't make the plays when we had the opportunity to. So that year was really like the growing pains year where we were good enough to be undefeated. We were good enough to be, you know, a one loss football team. But for whatever reason, we were getting down to the last minute of the game and finding a way to lose them. And uh, that was a huge growing growing pain season for us. But to be honest with you, it's probably one of my favorite seasons because of that, you know, because of the challenge and to see us step up and face those challenges and make the best of them and finish the season the way we did. Knowing that and going into our senior year, we knew we were going to be a really good football team. We just got a little shocker, you know, going out to Washington and losing to them. And that was more on us than it was on what they did. And it ended up costing us a national championship run to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that whole 99 season was like a highlight for me just because of, you know, the camaraderie we had on the football team. We have a really good football team that year, really good team.
0: Uh, look, I, I, I want to be off, off the cane topic real quick. I want to ask a question because I feel like I always want to know this answer because I hate this damn team and their fan base. All right, you got drafted by the Rams, right? Right. You were first-round pick, 12th, 12th overall, I believe. You were on that Super Bowl team even though you didn't play because I think you got injured. hmm Okay, you're still on that team. That's the team for Spygate. Yes. Lee. Okay, afterwards, during it, did anybody, like, say on the sideline, yo, something's going on in Nora plays, or after you guys, you know, played them, did you guys talk about it, something was up, and then finally it came up that Spygate happened? Did you guys know about that, like, did the teammates talk about it?
3: We were thrown off by it in the game because it was like we would make certain checks and then you would see the corner step up and then jam the receivers. And uh, the jam was going from back then you could jam beyond five yard line, beyond five yards. And Ty Law, he was locking in and he was not letting go. And uh, you know, it was just like, man, something just, something is just off. You know what I'm saying? It's like when we make a check, they got the answer. Now, this is, this is to let you know how crazy things were we busted that ass earlier in the season like when i say we busted their ass we busted their ass and we know damn well they ain't got that much better when we played them in the super bowl so it was just one of those things man it was just off just looking at it as a player it's like man something ain't right but it is what it is we'll never know the truth
0: I was – I'm like, yo, I just you, leave it yo, you guys got two cheating championships. Like, you know what it is to know someone else's plays before they happen? Like, you know, I get it from a fan perspective. You might not. But, like, players that play at a high level, it. some of them are already just geniuses on the field. They study so much film they know tendencies. But if you're a guy that actually knows, oh, boom, there's a check. I know exactly what route he's running. That ain't fair, man. That's just straight cheating. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Damien it was, makes it tough, that's for sure. Da- Damien's a former Patriot, so he, he's got a he, he's got a, a, and he's in the NFL, so he he's got to play it a uh, play it a little coy here. Man. I say nothing. I'll say I'll
0: say it for you. F the Patriots, man.
1: <laughs> Screw that. that's we some, got a different Brian all together, that's man. That's some BS right there. Because we had another Brian on the broadcast that, man, he just was
0: up there, but. <laughs> man, I know he just loves him some Boston. I get that. But listen, when it comes down to sports, I can't stand. The one thing I can't stand is cheating like that. No, I, like, this is, a, this is a sport where it's saying, you, you at your best versus me at my best, who's the best today? I'm cool with that. If you want my ass, hey, man, shake your hand, keep it moving. No, I agree. But if you cheat and then your fan base is obnoxious with it, no. oh, hell no. Nah. So I wanted to ask you know somebody being we We there. call it
3: cheating, Brian, but some would say that's just living in the gray area. There, yeah, nah. Wasn't, there wasn't a rule for it and there
0: wasn't a rule against it.
2: It's doing your homework.
0: Brian. And that's also a dude that's never put a helmet on in his life that lived in the gray area.
2: It's, it's, it's doing your homework, Brian. Bullshit. Doing my homework. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's like a student saying, "I have all the answers. I did all my homework at home." I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna
3: tell you what homework. I'm gonna tell you the homework on that. We changed our offensive signals every week,
0: and they still knew it. And they knew it exactly. Homework, my ass, Platon. It, bullshit. It's sorry, <laughs> ass. Hey, <laughs> homework, FIU, cha- Platon. This is not your best. I'm. T- what the heck? My Are best. you? just this pro. Pro. Isn't your isn't your name or your stuff pro
2: Canes? I'm, I'm pro Not I'm, against Canes. I'm, I'm pro. I'm pro. hey, listen.
1: I bet De- you we lose half our viewership when we it are. comes to that <laughs> FAP. <laughs> turn, turn it on, up. You know, man. I don't
2: know. I think people want to hear it. Yeah, turn, people want to hear it. Yeah, Debbie Downer's. Well, I like know you. one thing. I love
1: hearing from D Lou. Oh my I god. I mean, he is one of my all time favorite. I love his wife, his two kids. They are family to me, man.
0: That's right. You are Uncle Harry. <laughs> I, I don't know what I am, but when I go to Charlotte, I'm definitely stopping off. When I went some to Charlotte for the ACC
1: Championship, Damon like this, and his bro, wife we and I—we hosted we a hell of a good party up significant
3: there. Significant amount of time, my kids are trying to go work at all games.
1: That's true. There you go. <laughs> they could be. They could. I. I got to help one inside. Tell your daughter, come right now. I've got her.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you got. You
0: got to sign up ready to go.
1: Right. But we've had to sign up for months, man. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, if more college we students came, I wouldn't work here. No, go ahead, Dilo.
3: I said when, when we come back down, she'll be in the store working. I can promise you that.
0: All right. Well, I'd love to have her. You love move, you guys. Back. You guys moving back or you guys staying in Charlotte?
3: We staying in Charlotte for now, especially with, with me doing what I'm doing. We're going to make this run with these kids and you know, get them out of the school here. And then we'll make a decision on how we're going to move forward from there. You know where I want to be. And we'll see if that's what wife wants to be too.
0: Well, we all I got to get
3: them. back to having fun in the
0: sun. You yeah, know. There you go. And get me some and, fishing. Hey, we got to
3: go. We got. I got a spot. Me and Harry hang out at for some good chicken wings and. Some good grill fish. You know what I'm saying? I go hang with little, little dominoes
0: and stuff like that. Harry, you been Cuban-style dominoes. Tell them, Harry. Harry, you, hey. been, you been holding out on us on the good spots? It's it's
1: the same hole in the wall, man, right?
0: Yeah. Hole in the wall, yeah. Let's yep. yeah, been Holding out on the good stuff, it's man. It's good stuff, man. Hey, man. hey Although, you I, know, I, chicken
1: I'm, wings now are
3: so pricey now. The chicken wings cost more than chicken breast. It's crazy. Man, have you seen the cost of gas? <laughs> <Goodness> <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. I'm smiling here, though, because gas is like 279 here, Ooh. 269 a gallon. Oh, and, you, uh, you can Seattle go in the hood here and get it like three seventy nine for what? regular. They ought to be shot and killed. That is too expensive for anybody to be paying for gas.
1: Yeah, the, the West Coast is a little crazy, isn't it?
3: Three seventy nine. Little. That's crazy. Three seventy nine for regular. Little. Well,
1: I've seen it go a lot you higher than that Texas. out there.
3: Hey, Harry, when I left when I left home to go to Miami, gas was ninety five cents in the state of Texas. And when I got to Miami, it was a dollar thirty. And I damn near had a conniption then. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I,
2: got,
1: I got this picture that from back when I was in college and, and, and we were doing a car wash for our fraternity. And in the background, it has the price. It's like 57 cents a gallon, you know? 57. I mean, this was like 1976, maybe 77.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, mm, I don't know, man. I remember when I was in <laughs> high school, man, I'd go to the gas station with change in my pocket, I'd go. I need uh, seventy-eight cents, please. And I had a GTO back then, so the next day I had to come in. I got fifty-five cents, you know. But I said that that's a gas guzzler, yeah. isn't yeah. it? GTO yeah. gas tires and oils would that And for. I know you hit
0: the pedal on that thing hey, all the time for hey, the girls. Brian,
3: you got hey, Harry, that's back when a dime sack was a dime,
1: huh? <laughs> 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 oh
0: my god. Uh big Facts listen, D'Lo, we're gonna let you go. We appreciate you uh, you know, joining on the podcast, man. The stories were amazing as always. Tell the fam. I say hello. Hopefully we'll see Will you. Do. soon.
2: Thank you, D Lou. All right,
3: thank you guys, Be man. Well. Great Take hanging out buddy. with y'all. Anytime, right. brother. Anytime y'all need me, give me on.
0: I got you, man. Appreciate it. Take it easy. I
3: don't know.
0: He truly is one of the best, man. What? He I mean, he, he, listen, he, I, I love D Lou because he got that, that country accent. Oh yeah. And then, you know, he goes in. Everything with him is is heart. Right. You I know everything is heart.
1: Biggest hearts. You know, his wife's amazing. His two kids are just great. They come in here. We have a great time. We hosted a hell of a party up for the AC's championship. Yeah. Uh, and th- that one season was the turnover chain season. Yeah. So his wife uh, was making the chains that we were, you know, getting out of the store here. And it we, was stopped a by, we
0: stopped by the party. That that was the Friday night party, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah we stopped that, by there. Uh, I can't remember. The I place, forgot where it was at. They had the big grizzly bears.
0: You yeah, 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 yeah. No, listen, Charlotte, listen, one, Charlotte's is, is a great time get up there a lot. I'd like to luckily. get back
1: up there like every year.
0: It would be nice. Um, this year is very possible, but you know they got to do certain things in my opinion. Um, Win games? Yeah, I mean listen, they won games last year, but obviously you got your ass whooped by UNC. But to take it to the next level, I think Rhett, Rhett uh, Lashley's offense needs to take that next step. You know, if we can really get into what you saw with them do with SMU over the year one, to year two where they started averaging like in the forties, yeah. If you hit forties, you're gonna. If you a... hit forties with our defense, <laughs> you're,
1: you're, you're gonna
0: win a lot of games. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, I'm a little worried with some things. I I, I want to see what these linebackers are gonna do, and I want to see which linebackers.
1: No, you're He right. plays.
0: Got to got to see it. Because you know what? If you look back at last year, I felt like yeah, the freshmen made some freshman mistakes, but, but they were actually the most instinctive linebackers. Right. They actually kind of knew what the play was coming, and they just hit it and went. Whereas some of our older guys, you would see them actually thinking like, okay, boom, there goes that guy, and now I go. And you're like, bro, you got to go. No. You got to go. And if you can't, put a freshman in there that at least understands that he's going to make some freshman mistakes, but I can live with it. Well, plus he's your future. Getting
1: that game experience makes him better the following year or the year after and the year after. And, again, Damian said it tonight, and it's so true. Slow down, be patient, earn your position.
2: And he played as a freshman. Right. True freshman, right, that that not a lot of guys – or did he uh, – no, I, I think he did play as a true freshman because I think he was four well, the, years. The key is, is to play w- either Wikipedia line, is going to answer that first real quick. To well, you have to be go.
1: physically strong and mentally prepared to be able to do it.
2: Redshirted. Redshirted. He did a redshirt. Yeah, because he was 96. So
1: uh-huh. it really is one of those things yeah. where too many players want to come in and play right away, get all the reps, and it just takes time.
0: I mean, listen, the best example on this team – He is the best example. Zion Nelson. If you look at the kid, he should have never played as a true freshman. And
1: and we've got a list a lot longer than that of kids that had to play because we were short at the position, there wasn't depth. Now we're seeing depth on this team. That's going to breed better seasons, more wins, and better success. It should. If it It doesn't.
2: If it doesn't. But but
1: we know from historically speaking, having guys that are – proven and playing offense or defensive line is really not fair because physically you can't compete yeah. to that guy you're it's a, bo- a fifth you're a boy. year senior across okay? boy and i mean Just he can't. opened
0: he opened up the uh the year worth two I think juniors and seniors with greenwood and the other guy from florida that were both draft picks that were men they were physically right. oh, men yeah. and he's an he's an 18 year old kid that one was undersized coming out i think he was committed to appalachian state came in at what 240 and maybe weighed 260 if he was lucky when he played in that game. He should have never been in that position. If he would have came in right now, Zion Nelson, starting for the first time at left tackle, he's 305 pounds now. Then all of a sudden you see him and you're like, that kid can play. Then all of a sudden our fan base wouldn't destroy the kid his freshman year when he shouldn't even been on the field.
2: But. Going through that has certainly helped him as well. So it's a du- it's it a didn't double. did help ed- my blood replush- no, pressure no, in the first then, game, but now you're but, talking about not only a 300 pounder, but a 300 pounder with game experience, right? So game, uh,
1: game experience is one thing, but having to be a starter, I think. Oh, no, I thing, agree. You know? I, and, listen, and, and mentally, it beats him up and physically
2: it it may put him back even you further. were calling me debbie downer earlier i'm trying to look at the positive He's still debbie right? downer I'm bro i'm trying you to look at the positive you put that on yourself
0: you. hey let me ask you a question man about the fiu game
2: nah <laughs> <laughs> hell not nah. don't I, tack, he's don't. a guy on the other No, don't, don't say staff. it I, I didn't even he's, put it in my notes because uh, i wasn't bringing he it, it up It was one of the most passionate hurricane's and he coached against no. it i thought it was beautiful to tell him that, that, uh, no, for us it, to it, tell it, him what it was but
1: those are certain things you'd like to take out of your memory bank and never ever 100%. think of it again. We're right?
0: gonna have people listening in the car and all of a sudden is gonna come on, they're gonna start <laughs> cussing. you mother Platon? Blame it on me, guys. We are always gonna blame <laughs> everything blame, on you. Blame it on You're me. You're the attorney. You could talk yourself yeah. about anything. Yeah. We're just two normal <laughs> schmoes over here. Usually
1: I'm the one getting blamed, so that's kind of nice <laughs> for a change. The other yeah, Greeks true. getting <laughs> blamed this time. That's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> give me some Greek words. I need to learn something new.
2: Uh you want a curse word? I only know nah, one. I no, no, don't give me a curse word. Give me like
0: uh Hello, beautiful, or hey. What's good?
2: Uh, I mean, you could say just, hey, what's good? Or, hey, how's it going? Yasu is hello. Yasu? Yep. That's it? Yep. Oh, man. That's Yasu, up. baby. Yeah. Mikanos, really
0: here I come. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Ready. Yasu! That's go. all I'm going to say when I walk in the building. <laughs> There's some good partying out there. Oh, there's some good party. There's some good party. Oh, some good, good party. food, too. Oh, there's a lot there's of good food. good
2: food, good beaches, good partying. Anything yeah. else good out there? Uh, you don't need more than that. No. Wait, what?
0: <laughs> yes, I do. Well, I'm missing one well, more thing. Those, you have those, those other th- things. Are no, Yeah, there's, there, okay? some, there's a lot it's of things food. Food. I'm missing. <laughs> no, 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 no.
2: But if you have a good party, a good beach, and good food, those other things are, are coming. Did you say beach? Yeah. Or did you say something else? It's a beach. Beaches. You're <laughs> in South Florida. Leave- I get it. I get I'm it. I'm leaving it. it at that. I'm leaving it at that. It's a kid's show, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Is yeah. it?
0: <laughs> yeah. We were talking about dime bags earlier with Damien. That's Damien, true. so That's true. I don't know what it is. All right, Canes fans. Hope you guys have a great night. Drive safe if you're listening to us while you're driving. We'll be back next week with another great episode of All Canes Radio
2: Podcast.